From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group, a global marketing services ecosystem organized to help chief marketing officers in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. I'm very excited about today's show. We're going to be talking about the future of technology and media with Paul Sagan, president and CEO of Akamai, a company whose platform powers the online economy and handles tens of billions of daily web interactions for customers including NBC, Audi, and the U.S. Department of Defense. Before joining Akamai in 1998, Paul served as a senior advisor to the World Economic Forum, consulting on information technology to the world's top 1,000 multinational corporations. In 1995, he was named president and editor of New Media at Time, Inc., a division of Time Warner, and worked in that role until 1997. Previously, he had been managing editor of Time Warner's News on Demand project and was a senior member of the team responsible for the development of the company's online, cable online, electronic publishing, and Internet publishing activities. He was a founder of Roadrunner, the world's first broadband cable modem service, and Pathfinder, one of the web properties that pioneered Internet advertising. Paul began his career in broadcast TV and is a three-time Emmy Award winner. Welcome to Market Edge, Paul. Larry, it's always great to talk to you. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Great. Hey, just for the sake of our audience, Paul, could you give them a little primer um, for the people that don't really know what Akamai does and where Akamai came from? Um, I'm sure everybody's heard of it, but they're not quite sure what you do every day. <laughs> glad to explain it. <laughs> if you go on the Internet, if you go on the Web, Akamai makes your experience better. It's the easiest way to explain it. Technically, what we've done is we've distributed tens of thousands of servers around the Internet at the edges, close to where you and I connect for content. And what we've done is put millions of lines of code that we've developed on those servers, and we run them as if they're one giant computer close to where you are. And we use that system to improve the performance of web content that you want to access. So if you're going to Yahoo to look at the homepage, or if you're going to iTunes to download a, a, you know, a song or rent a movie, or if you're going to uh, FedEx to track a package, and on and on and on across the 20,000 most popular domains on the Internet, we're making sure that that content gets to you, to your computer, your wireless device, whatever's connected to the Internet, more reliably, faster, at scale, and more securely. So you can think of it this way. We run a service that we sell to web businesses to make sure that their end users have a flawless experience. Wow. And did the technology, I think the technology came out of MIT originally. Is that where the, the sort of the, the idea was hatched? It, it, it did. It was a very big idea um, worked on by the co-founders, 
Tom Layton, who uh, was a professor of computer science and is still works full-time in the company as chief scientist, and his uh, star graduate student, uh, the late Danny Lewin. And they were working on how do you apply mathematics to make uh, computer networks work better. And in the mid-'90s, they decided to apply that theoretical mathematics to the problem of flash crowds on websites. And flash crowds in the mid to late 90s were pretty small compared to what we all experience today in terms of the size of web audiences. But back then, the model was very similar today. People built their website in a centralized infrastructure. I've got my data center. That's where my website is. And all my users come there. And when my site isn't very popular or there aren't too many people accessing it, you know, the performance might be okay. But all of a sudden, something happens and I get a bigger crowd and I'm just racing to keep up and build my infrastructure. And what most people then and now found was they couldn't keep up with rising audience demand and expectation, and it's not economic to build your site for peak capacity anyway. Right. So Tom and Danny worked on this idea of could we build a distributed shared infrastructure that would always get end users to the closest server that wouldn't be overloaded and would be likely to have the content they wanted, and they developed through some breakthrough mathematics um, that they worked on at MIT, a way of doing that. And then in 1998, they decided to spin out the technology and actually form a business, and it became Akamai, um, formed in late 98, and then we began commercial service in 1999. And I was fortunate enough to meet them in the summer of 98 when they were thinking about starting a business, and I joined them as employee 15, and here I am 10 years later, um, and we've built um, you know a very strong business that really is responsible for delivering between 15 and 20% of all web content worldwide every day. So our system responds to between 200 and 300 billion, billion with a B, requests every day on the web. That's amazing. Now, I, I hope I picked the right one here, but just this morning, I, I like going on MSNBC and you know watching some of the, the, the takes or the reports from the Today Show and, uh, you know, I'm watching Hillary Clinton on the video. Is Akamai behind stuff like that? You know? I think Akamai probably delivers as much video on the Internet as anybody um, for many, many sites. Microsoft is one of our, uh, our customers, and we work with many, many sites that deliver uh, video, whether it's news clips or entertainment uh, or games, um, that rich media that we're seeing or advertising that's growing on the Internet, this experience that is every day becoming closer to true interactive television as opposed to simple text-based or very flat, you know, two-dimensional web pages that we really started with 10 to 15 years ago. And Akamai is, was really conceived to deliver rich media. So the growth of video that we see across all kinds of genres um, is good for our business because we deliver that in Flash, Windows Media, QuickTime, Real whatever format our customers want, um, our system responds and, and delivers it. I was going to ask you, you sort of answered this, but the, you know, the web, I'm sure you'd agree, um, is just moving rapidly to a rich media content format, and, and it's just going to be you know, so experienced in, uh, in, in visual uh, nature. Is that going to be hard for Akamai to keep up on, even though it's been designed there with just so much uh, rich media that's going to be coming at us, or as you say, that's how you were originally built. Well, I think the opportunity for us is that the centralized infrastructures that people use and the core of the Internet is going to have a tremendous challenge keeping up. Right. And the reason is that 
you can't serve the world from a centralized infrastructure. It's just economically infeasible, and you'll never get the performance. And in the middle of the Internet, there's no one body that can, that's responsible for quality. The Internet is actually about 15,000 different networks that interconnect, but no one takes responsibility for quality. And so the, the dramatic increase we're seeing in data because of rich media, because of video, is putting huge stress on the first mile and the middle miles. And it's not economic to build your first mile the capacity. And even if you did, you'd run into the middle mile problem. And so we think what we've done with our architecture at the edges is we sum, if you will, the capacity of the last miles, not the narrowest point in the middle every day. And so we don't believe we'll have trouble scaling, and we think we're uniquely suited to help our customers, whether they're media sites, commerce sites, advertisers, what have you, richen up their sites every day. And interestingly, we're really starting to see at least cable television size audiences on the Internet. We're not at you know, broadcast primetime audience sizes yet, but we are at cable audience sizes where we will do uh, individual webcasts of either live or on-demand events of television-quality streams to hundreds of thousands of people simultaneously for single events. So the, you know, those, are, those are audience sizes that every cable network would love to claim, and we're seeing that now every day on the Internet. And I think that what we're going to see over the next five to ten years is growth of primetime broadcast size audiences and with the fundamental difference that it's now users getting what they want when they want in a highly targeted, personalized um, format. And so it's very exciting. And we're also seeing the advertising dollars moving from traditional media to the online world to fund this fundamental shift. I'm going to wait to talk to you about the whole advertising uh, uh, scenario and the media scenario in a little bit. But just um, a, a couple of last questions on uh, Akamai and uh, and what it's about. You know, when do you um, set up servers in sort of third world uh, countries? Have you been seeing a big increase in your business and you know, the, in China and Brazil, I guess those aren't third world, but, you know, in emerging economies, and, and how fast are, are they connecting to the Internet? You know? Well, remarkably quickly, we've already deployed our network into 70 countries, so we're pretty much everywhere there is a um, demand for Internet content. And we have seen over the last couple of years that the growth of usage, both in terms of the number of users and the bit rate, if you will, the size of the pipes going to end users, is increasing faster outside the U.S. than it is in the U.S. We have the vast majority of homes in the U.S. now have Internet access and well past 50% with broadband. Now, I'd like to see those pipes get fatter so we could really do high def to those people in more homes than not. But if you look, for example, in, in Europe and particularly in Asia, we're seeing higher growth rates there than in the U.S. Today, about a quarter of our business is written, if you will, on contracts outside the U.S., but more than a quarter of our traffic is delivered for customers outside the U.S., and I think if you look over the next five years, that will tip over to greater than 50% of the demand will be outside the U.S. because there are just so many more people there, and the Internet is being um, promoted so heavily around the world in first, second, and even in third world countries because you have so much mobile usage. You won't have broadband for a while there, but you will have um, kind of narrowband mobile access to the Internet in almost every corner of the world. And does Akamai play in the, in the growing mobile or the, the, the mobile Internet? Absolutely. I, I think we, we deliver a, a very large portion of video to cell phones in the United States today 
for example. To us, those are just other IP devices. We don't care whether you have a wire or not to the device you're working on. So whether it's your PC connected to a LAN at work or uh, a wireless network in your home or literally your mobile, uh, your broadband cell phone, um, we just see it as another IP device that we help our customers get what you want when you want it. And do you care? Uh, do you care to predict? Um, you know when that sort of tipping point of broadcast audiences are really going to become mainstream. Is it really five to ten years, or do you think it's a shorter window? Well, I think the dramatic impact on the traditional television business model will be inside the five years. The true when will the majority of people have a broadband connection to watch video on an IP device will be you know, five years and, and, and plus. But we've seen what's happened to the music industry. We're watching what's happening to print, especially newspapers, and the dislocation of the ad dollars moving and the eyeballs moving. And we're really beginning to see it in, in, in broadcast television as well. Um, if you look at the number of hours that the average person in this country is in front of their browser, and the number of hours they're in front of the television, you're starting to see those things converge and even now favor the Internet time. At the same time, the number of, the amount of the marketing dollars that have shifted from traditional to online is still, if you throw everything in, including search, under 10%. Uh, I think broadcast television still gets between 20 and 25% of all marketing dollars. That doesn't make any sense, right? And that's, that's tectonic pressure that's built up. Those plates are going to shift, and when it does, it's like a dam breaking. And as those dollars move to follow the eyeballs, you're going to have a huge change in the business model for television that I think is going to mimic what's happened in other media. And that's going to just be a huge impact, and it will happen even ahead of everyone having um, high-def quality broadband to the home. I'd like to pick up on that after our break, and but one quick question before the break: um, Akamai Hawaiian for Hawaiian for smart or intelligent and clever, and in Hawaiian slang, it means cool. So the founders who were trying to figure out how to name this company in '98, when every English word had been .com, you couldn't get the domain. Uh, someone had suggested them. Well, Hawaiian is in. They started in the A's. They got to Akamai and a bunch of MIT folks. They liked being intelligent, smart, and cool, and they could get uh, the domain Akamai.net and Akamai.com, and that's how we got our name. We're going to take a short commercial break right now, but please stand by, and we'll be right back with Akamai CEO and future of media expert Paul Sagan for more of the conversation on Market Edge. Market Edge will continue in just a moment. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting at a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. 
I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. Um, hello? Uh, welcome to our website? Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... Uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. They're already searching for you. InfoSearch Media. Get content that really clicks. Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah. GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. The whoring of Facebook for promotional purposes continues with the WebmasterRadio.fm Facebook fan page. Join our fans by clicking the Facebook logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage and keep up to date with all the latest. Become a fan on Facebook. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with Paul Sagan, CEO of Akamai, talking about their, his company and the future of relationships online. You know, we just started to dip our toe, Paul, into the future of advertising, and obviously that's near and dear to my heart as well. Um, I can tell you yet again this morning an experience that was both frustrating but also maybe future-telling was on that MSNBC site before I was allowed to watch uh, my video clip of Hillary Clinton. Um, I was forced to watch a 15-second spot, but it was for a woman's cosmetic product and i was sitting there going geez i'm a 52 year old man and live outside boston and granted i have girls and and my wife but why would that kind of ad be targeted to me and why am i forced to watch it so just as an opening sort of uh, slog there comment on that and then also go more deeply into this idea of highly targeted video advertising well, Larry, I guess there's a small chance that they know more about you than you know, but I think it's more likely that what you saw was the early and really undeveloped state of personalization in rich media on the Internet. This is an accountable format. We should be able to give you what you want that's relevant. That was an ad that really annoyed you. My guess is you're going to think about going to another news site tomorrow not because they would have a different clip of Hillary Clinton. They'll have the same clip, but because it, you won't view them as wasting your time and giving you something that's, that's not helpful. The great promise of the Internet is, based on the content you're looking at, based on a profile that you may have shared, 
based on where you are in real time, based on what kind of bandwidth you're on, or are you on a are you on your cell phone right now? Or are you on a broadband connection in your office? You should get content, including marketing information, that's relevant to you. And I think particularly in video, um, we're not even, in the first inning, we're not even up to bat yet on where we have to go. Even if the ad you saw was relevant, the whole idea of sort of pre-roll and post-roll video advertising is not satisfactory for folks. You know, in television, I think we're forced to get eight minutes of commercials for 22 minutes of 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 content, if you will. On the Internet, the ratio is actually worse right now because we're watching short attention span theater with 15-second spots at the beginning, at the end, and sometimes in the middle. So we've got a long way to go as an industry to get that right, to give people something that's useful that also pays for the content that people want for free. We're seeing better targeting in search starts because you've, you've put in a keyword and that's helpful. We're starting to see much better targeting in display or banner advertising, and we're really not seeing it yet in video. When do you think, I mean, you know, this whole, and, and I've been a student of this too, the, 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 for the, the first phase of behavioral targeting with these companies like Dakota and Revenue Science, and one gets bought for a, a small but decent price, the other is trying. Is it because we just don't have the power yet or the you know the uh, the infrastructure uh, and the data to really do some behavioral targeting. For example, I, we know when a person is looking to buy a car, and they're probably pretty serious about it from the data we're receiving in the in the click streams. And you know, why can't we get then thoughtful, customized videos of cars from General Motors? Uh, you know when we want them. That absolutely should be doable and in a way that respects the user's privacy so that we aren't sharing anything more than they would want to have shared. And, and in any case, it's not tied to you by name, but you just you as a profile in a generic sense. And that's clearly going to happen. In fact, it's something that um, I believe that Akamai can help its customers work on because we serve so much of the web and we're good at doing this in real time. And those are real-time decisions that have to be made. So we're actually very eager to talk to our customers about helping them build those capabilities and run it on our infrastructure that has so much scale. What we've seen so far is some early attempts at, at that and from our perspective at Akamai, we believe we can work with our customers and technology providers, such as some of the ones you mentioned, to make those systems work at scale so that the marketeer gets value for their money. The guy who's providing the content can get paid, and the end user actually feels that they're getting more value of the sites that they're going to. But it's, it's very early in that kind of development, and that's one of the things that has to mature over the next three to five years as people get broadband connections and more content and marketing dollars migrate over to the Internet world. What is, I mean, you, Akamai must have access to so much data. You know, for example, I mean, just, you know, e-commerce transactions, you know, knowing what kind of books are selling or what kind of music's selling, doesn't that present a huge uh, sort of market a customer uh, opportunity for Akamai? Well, I believe that it does, but we want to do it in a very respectful way. The first is it has to respect end-user privacy. We can't build a library of Larry Weber's behavior and preferences and know that it's Larry Weber. So anything that we would do or help our customers do would first and foremost always respect the end-user's privacy. And then on top of it, any data through our network 
is our customer's information, and we never violate one customer's trust uh, against another's. So anything that we would do would be helping our own customers with their own data, but use it in a real-time way. And we think that that's the advantage we have is huge scale and the ability to do it in a way that improves the end-user experience and doesn't slow it down. One of the challenges has been today, many sites are drowning in data. It's not that we don't have enough data in the industry. It's that they're drowning in it, and by the time they look at it and try to parse it, that user's long gone. In fact, it's not seconds. It's probably months since the experience happened. It's too late to do anything with it. Um, we believe that our role is going to be helping our customers do it in real time so that, you're right, you can insert the right ad that's personalized for each user, and the user will be happier, and the marketer will get real value from the placement of those messages. I can't wait till that happens. That's going to be just so powerful. And, uh, it, especially it will change advertising. Right? There's that old line about half my advertising dollars are wasted. I just don't know which half. The real promise on rich media on the Internet is, not wasting half or more of your dollars because it's so inefficient and uncontrolled, right? My favorite is the the mattress the mattress paradox, or so it's called. Right? Every weekend, everyone in America who gets a Sunday paper gets an ad for mattresses. Why? Well, almost none of us want to buy a mattress, but somebody does, and so right. the seller of a mattress is forced to give every one of us a coupon every weekend. Well, that's insane, right. and the internet is going to change that. Yeah. Hey, one last question on that on that part is, you know, I'm still just amazed, and maybe it's because we're not ready for prime time and everything we're talking about in the highly targeted real-time advertising world. But, you know, it's amazing to me to see the, the, uh, in the ad age the other day that 2008 will be a record year for television advertising, somewhere in the neighborhood of $160 billion. And then it says in small print toward the end of the article, oh, we think a third of it is DVR'd or TiVo'd. How can CEOs or CMOs, Paul, you know, okay those kinds of budgets and just have things flushed? And when are they going to change? I, I think that that's, if you go back to the, the tectonic pressure example I used, that's going to put so much pressure on the buyers. Right? That, you're right, those dollars are being flushed, and that is huge, huge money. That can't keep going. And DVRs are creating that pressure, and the Internet is going to provide the relief and the answer for it. And I think what we're going to see is, while it may be a record year for television advertising, it's creating record pressure for change, and it's going to happen over the next several years because people are going to say, I'm not spending that kind of money anymore and not getting bang for my bucks. And the Internet is going to come along and say, I can now do television quality. In fact, we have a site up called the HDWeb.com, which is a demonstration site. And if you have a true broadband last mile, we can deliver you not just streaming video, true HD quality to your IP device. And if you can connect it to your flat screen TV, you can watch HD over the web. So that is truly a replacement alternative for regular television. And if you marry that to targeted advertising, that's a whole lot better than saying, well, I already know a third of my ads are going to get DVR'd and never even looked at. And as those capabilities come online, it's going to create tremendous pressure for change in the world of TV. I agree with you. Now, to just sort of take a little tangent, would love your opinion, Paul, on, you know, the fast and huge meteoric rise of social media, and not just the Facebooks and the MySpace, but everywhere. Your comments on the rise of it, and then also, 
everybody seems to be searching for the monetization model uh, for social media. Any thoughts? Well, I think that the the rise of social media really mirrors the rise of the web over the last 10 to 15 years. In many ways, all of what we've seen was about connecting with content people and friends that you wanted to. Even email is an example of that. IM was an example of that. The Web 2.0 capabilities that have arisen allowed these, if you will, fully functional sites to sort of take the place of email and then IM to social networking sites. At Akamai, we have optimized our infrastructure for those sites and today serve um, virtually all of the largest social networking sites. We have a great deal of experience there, and it's it's a real it's a real thing. It's not a fad. It's not passing. The challenge always is, has been on the internet, which is first find what the audience wants and then figure out how to monetize it. And I think the model is clearly going to be advertising. These are not subscription sites. The you know the functionality is available for free. One of the interesting things is not just how many people go to social networking sites, it's how many minutes or hours a day they stay on them. It's not a brief website visit. They live on them for hours. Then the question is, what kind of marketing message can you give them? How much can you target it? But in there is a giant opportunity, and I believe that the successful sites, which means not all of them, but the successful sites will have great monetization um, payoff down the road. But scale will matter, and you will have consolidation. So the top five or ten players will do well. Some niche communities will do well. But there will be a long tail of sites that, that don't get liftoff mass, and they will fail. Yeah. Um, but but do you think, though, that some will micro-segment as well? You know, I, I was just noticing there's a great bass fishing site, uh, social network for bass fishing in northern Idaho. Well, if I make if I sell high-end fishing equipment, I'd like to go there to advertise than Facebook. I think that you will see both. You will see large-scale, the Facebook-type model, and I do think that you'll see the microsites like bass fishing for you. Um, I think a lot of the sites in the middle will struggle because right. they'll be big and they'll have a lot of cost, but they won't be big enough to, to um, offer the advertising efficiency. And then you'll have the very high CPM of the microsites, and they'll be able to monetize that. And so you'll get the normal distribution, I think, of the real niche players and the mass players, and the ones in the middle will be the ones who will really struggle and ultimately will get um, consolidated. Paul, your comments on the future of search. Is the game over? Has Google won? Uh, one. And two is, will Google's dominance not be there when we start searching on the television or searching on our mobile phones, or are they just going to continue to dominate the search metaphor? Well, that's that's an unknowable. They have done a tremendous job executing in the area of search, and they've set a standard that others are are chasing. I think the thing we know in technology, though, is how fast um, something else comes along as a new paradigm. And on the Internet, that's remarkably um, so. So they're clearly going to be a big player, but I think as we move into video and we move past um, text-based responses and links to an interactive content experience of rich media, I think there is an open opportunity for many players to do well, and that's, I think, one of the things that's going to make the watching the story unfold over the next five years so exciting. Paul, I always ask my last question to my guests uh, that uh, is there any site that you've come along in the last uh, few weeks or months that just excites you, might not have nothing to do with Akamai, 
but you know is just an interesting sort of fun or serious uh, that you found was was really cool that you would share with our listeners. You know, I'm not sure there's one that others would really want to flock to, but I'm a an ice hockey player, and the league I'm in has gone from faxing out their schedules to at hna.com having a live experience with live statistics, scores, etc. And they've now flooded it with advertising messages and created a whole new business opportunity for them that satisfies us as players and teams um, with an experience we couldn't get otherwise. And so I think that gets back a little bit to your question of, is it only the big guys who win? And I think what we're going to see is there are, you know, consolidation and scale will matter at the top, and you'll have a few big winners. But you're going to continue to have all sorts of new opportunities for little players who find community, gather people together, and figure out how to monetize that through targeting by interest or geography. And then I think that's one of the things that makes this so exciting. In the old media, there were only a few newspapers who could make it in a city. There were only a few broadcast frequencies that you could get a license for. And on the web, anybody can start new every single day. And that means it's never boring and it's never static. Paul Sagan, CEO of Akamai. I want to thank you so much for being on Market Edge today. Akamai is truly one of the leaders in Web 2.0 and beyond. Thanks so much, Paul. Larry, thanks. It's always great to catch up with you, and, and it was fun to be on Market Edge. Good luck. Thanks, everyone in the audience, too, for listening to today's Market Edge conversation. Tune in again next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time in the United States at webmasterradio.fm. Bye for now.